Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. There is a giant debate going down in Chicago right now. Basically an election season type of debate in Chicago. Because this is how Bears fan is approaching the quarterback situation. And believe me, it's the Bears. There's always a quarterback situation. Has there ever been a time that anybody listening has been alive where there was not a quarterback situation with the Bears? They are a quarterback situation. There is always a quarterback situation. So now you've got one of the best ones ever. Because you have Justin Fields, and I liken this to a political process. You have the Justin Fields party over here. You have the Caleb Williams party over there. And then you've got like the independent third party that wants Drake May or Jaden Daniels. And then, of course, you've got the kooky write-in voters. And they need now to really complete the picture. The only thing we need is for Howard Dean to drop in and drop a yeah, yeah on everybody. And then you've got a full political campaign. A full political party, a full political system, a full political season. Because they're different parties, right? So, for the most part, Bears fan has picked one of the two parties. One of the two sides. A.K.A. Fields or Williams. In other words, do you stick with what you know and what you've invested in? Or do you take a shot at somebody who you think has got a higher ceiling, a brighter future? Do you run it back with the guy you have and you know? Or do you start fresh with something brand new where there are no guarantees? You know, just like politics, this division or this decision is dividing the Bears big time, at least the fans. So Bears fan is getting more and more emotional, more and more impulsive, more and more impatient. Again, like politics. Bears fan wants to know. Bears fan wants some kind of hint as to how this is going to go. And Bears fan is looking anywhere and everywhere to get any hint they can. I get it. I do. It's a major decision that, frankly, although it shouldn't, it's going to impact a lot of their lives. You know, not like somebody who comes into office and changes policy, and that could really impact your life. But Bears fan feels like, yeah, actually, Roman's the same thing. This is going to impact my life. So what we have here is a stressful debate. Now, what I can't, I get that. But what I can't get behind is who's following who on social media as a legitimate news item. Or how it would factor into any of this. Or how it matters at all. That I cannot take seriously. And I don't understand how anybody else can either, but apparently some do. Because, here's the update, Justin Fields supposedly unfollowing the Bears on Instagram was a giant viral story yesterday for some reason. And as of right now, not only does he not follow the team that he currently plays for, but he does follow the likes of Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson, a team that needs a quarterback. Needs a quarterback badly. And a team that he could ultimately go to. 
So, where does that leave us? He doesn't follow the Fal- the Bears, but he does follow members of the Falcons. Where does that leave us? I'll tell you where that leaves us. It's a done deal, right? He's a Falcon already, right? It's a bona fide lock, right? If a guy unfollows his team and then he follows some dudes on another team, then absolutely that other team has found its new QB1. I mean, what's more legitimate than social media follows and unfollows? Social is the holy grail of life. I don't need an announcement from the Bears or the Falcons. Fields just announced himself by unfollowing his current team and following members of his new team. That is worth more than any contract that he puts his name on. Am I right? You know, like LeBron's middle-of-the-night hour-clock emoji was the single biggest development of the entire NBA season so far. Tracking private jet movement is so 2010. Just pick up your phone, and it will let you know all you need to know. We've got your answer, yo. The Bears will not be keeping fields. They're drafting Caleb Williams. We know this. We know this because Fields unfollowed them and is following members of the Falcons. We know it's done. Bears fan, reaction. Falcons fan, reaction. Is that the quarterback you wanted? Does that give you the best chance to win? Bears fan, do you finally have your franchise quarterback? This is the missing piece, right? I need to hear from you. I mean, seriously, are there dopes that are still connecting these dots and think they're onto something? Who seriously looks at that, sees that, and thinks that and buys into that? It doesn't even make sense. Do you people keep tabs on exactly who everybody follows and doesn't follow all the time? Because that's got to be exhausting as hell. Do you have to, like, I don't know, keep spreadsheets to keep all this information straight? Like, sure. Fields doesn't follow the Bears right now. I get it. I get it. And maybe that is a weird look. I get that, too. However, did he follow them last week? Do we know that for sure? Did anybody check that? Do we know for a fact that he unfollowed them this week? Or did somebody just look at it and go, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. He doesn't follow the Bears. Yeah, well, did he ever? Or did he once and stop? I mean, who knows? I got a better question. Who the hell cares? Who the hell cares? Now, I want to make this very clear. Notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying social media doesn't matter. Of course, I'm not saying that. I'm about to move this show onto a social media platform. Of course, social media matters. Of course, the X platform matters more than any other platform. Why else would I be going there? I'm not dogging social media. I'm just dogging the way some people use social media. And if you use it to read way too far into non-existent clues about NFL offseason moves, then you are misusing it. That's not what these platforms are for. That's just people making bleep up. That's just people going straight tinfoil hat. 
That's just people with way too much time on their hands. You know, like LeBron. Like LeBron in the middle of the night posting an hourglass emoji. Anyway, back to Fields. Yeah, you. You want to know what it actually says? All right, so for all of you who are like, no, 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 he unfollowed them. Do you want to know what it actually says? As a description on his Instagram page right now as I speak, it says Chicago Bears. Do you want to know what it actually says as a description on his X account right now as I speak? Quarterback of the Chicago Bears. So I will once again invoke the wise words of one Andrew Brandt and say, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? What are like, we even doing? What are we doing? Like, what am I doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, what, like, what are we I doing? What are like, we what doing am I here? here for? I'm not saying there's not a really good conversation about what the Bears should do or shouldn't do or what they might do or what they might not do. It's a great conversation. You know, a similar conversation to what we had at this time last year regarding the Bears. What do they do? I'm not saying that that's not all right. That is. What I'm saying is, I can't say whether he's staying or going, and I really can't say whether he's staying or going based on what I see on his social media feed. Now, I have an opinion on what they should do, but I'm certainly not going to say, oh, oh, he unfollowed the Bears, and he's following Bijan. He is a Falcon. From the beginning, this has been my take on how this is going to go. And it's a tough call, but they're most likely going to draft a new QB. They're going to take their guy with the number one overall pick, and it's going to restart the clock on everything. Are you one of millions struggling with premature hair thinning and hair loss? Or maybe you're scared about inheriting that thinning look because it just runs in the family. Introducing Provia, a real solution that delivers on its promise without the harsh side effects, unwanted chemicals, and unpleasant smells. Thanks to our friends that develop GenuCell skincare, Provia uses Procapil. It's a natural ingredient to effectively target the three main causes of premature hair thinning for men and women of any age. By supporting scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and hair follicle anchoring to your scalp, Provia guarantees more hair on your head than in the shower or on your comb or 100% of your money back. And right now, new customers can save over 50% off Provia's introductory package at proviahair.com slash Rome. Every package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia serum for daily use plus there's super concentrate that could give you faster, more noticeable results. And every order includes your choice of a free gift at checkout. See results for yourself right now. ProviaHair.com slash Rome. ProviaHair.com slash Rome. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or condition. It's a fresh QB contract. We know how important that is. It's a fresh project for GM Ryan Poles. It gives them time to keep their roster rebuild going. And it saves them from the humiliation, potentially, of passing on an entire group of first-round QBs and having any of them hit. Because if any of them do hit, all of Chicago is going to want to know why the GM did not take a big swing at a major talent that was so clear to everybody but him. 
That guy doesn't want that. That's what I thought would happen. That's what I still think will happen. I'll tell you something else that I think will not happen. They're not going to take Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields. I don't think that's going to happen, nor do I think that's a good idea. So that's where I come out on that. And nothing is going to happen on IG or X or YouTube or TikTok or Snapface, Snapface. or Instachat. Instant chat. That's going to change my opinion. Because my stance is based on logic and actual information and not some made-up drama about who follows who. Remember, I told you. I told you going into week 18 that Fields needed to erase any existing doubt. He needed to beat the Packers' asses and make it very clear that he was the man, that it was his job, and that he could lock it down on the big day. And then the exact opposite happened. So now, here we are. Here the bleep we are. Here we are. Here the- I'm just not going to let who follows whom on IG or the X change how I see this thing. However... At least I now have some small talk ready for the next time he tries to ask me, hey, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. Do you even work out, Rome? Do you even work out? I don't know. Do you? Yeah, bro, I do. But do you even follow the Bears? Because, you know, you play for them. At least as of right now, dude, dude, don't worry about my pants. Enough about my pants and whether or not I work out. You go to your phone, my guy, and follow the Bears. Follow them back right now, bro. It's a lot of great products that they have, depending on what you're doing. I don't know if you work out much, but you know, you, you of course, you're the. I don't know if dude, you do I'm that, old but. I'm your grandfather. What do you mean you don't Yeah, I mean, you I look good. Come on, man, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I like the pants. Dude, I'll tell you what's not a pick me up. You looking at me and going, hey, man, I don't know if you work out or anything. Hey, I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're, you look like more of a cardio guy to me. Not, you're right, dude. Not a big weightlifter, but hey. You're right. You don't know if I work out. You don't know if I work out. Hey, you know what, Jay? I don't know if you follow the Bears. You don't know if I work out. I don't know if you follow the team you play for. Like the pants. In fact, I'm looking at your account right now, my guy. And you don't. At least you can look at me and know that I do participate in cardio. But I'm looking at your account right now, and I don't know if you participate in Bears social media. You don't know if I work out. Yeah? Yeah, well, I don't know if you follow the Bears. Like the pants. Yeah. And I like the Bears uniform. I just don't know if you follow them. I like the pads. I like that bucket. I like that bonnet. Like the pants. I'm telling you, talking about this, you know what I feel like doing? Like, it feels like a political process in political season. Which party do you follow? And you know, I never get into politics on this show for very obvious reasons. Not because I don't have political opinions. But I have nothing to gain from that. And by the way, that's not what they pay me to do. However, I will say, this does feel like political season with the Bears. Because of what side are you on? What party are you going to ride with? Talking about this, I feel like standing up in front of a rally, rolling up the sleeves on my shirt, grabbing the mic, and screaming, I got, I got, I need to get ready for this. Hold on. What up, Trapper? R.I.P. Brother. We're gonna go with Caleb Williams and Drake May and Gene D 
we're going to go to Penix and Bo Nix and McCarthy and Michael Pratt. And then we're going to go with Spencer Rattler for the Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah. Let me try it again. I didn't hit that right. One more try, Albie. We're going to go with Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden D. And we're going to go to Penix and Bo Nix and McCarthy and Michael Pratt. And then we're going to go with Spencer Rattler from the Gamecocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Every time I do Howard Dean, I lose at least six months off my life. But it's worth it. Anything for the show. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time... Change up. Don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Here's why. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. On top of that, Old Trapper is a family-owned business, and they take their smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried-out, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. That's who. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy, all amazing and all different. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag, and look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? We are joined now by Bill Self. Bill, it has been the proverbial moment. It is great to talk to you, Bill. How you doing? I'm great, Jim. How you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to have you on. So let me let me ask you this, Bill. Bring me up to date because the only constant is change. We know this. The game has changed pretty dramatically the last couple of years. I would imagine the players maybe have changed to a certain extent too. How would you describe your personal headspace? Like, are you energized by all the change or maybe frustrated by the change? How do you feel about the game right now? I'd say I'm both. I, the, the, you know, the, one thing about recruiting is, you know, the way it used to be, you recruit a kid for two, three years uh, uh, constantly with, with, with basically no show if there's a return on your investment into recruiting them to the very end. With the portal – your investment is two or three weeks and you can, I mean, you invest two or three weeks and you can see a return. And so that kind of energized me saying that, you know, guys, dang it, you don't have to do this forever. You can, you know, just put all, go all in for a short amount of time. To me, that's exciting. So, so, but, but it's also frustrating at the same time because you got to re-recruit your own guys. The, the, the NIL is, is good in theory. It's good, but, but it's created, so many issues with the transfer portal combined that 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 you know you're always re-recruiting, you're always reevaluating, but the players are always reevaluating, the families are always reevaluating, and I think it's harder to have that stable foundation that we've had for years when freshmen come, and then if they're not quite good enough, they become sophomores. If they're not quite good enough, they become juniors. You know, those days are long gone. You know, if things don't work out immediate, now there's more opportunities to look to go somewhere else, and that's what players are going to do. We are talking to Bill Self. I appreciate that response. So, Bill, hard to imagine, but we're only 10 days from March and all the intensity that comes with it. How do you feel then about the way your group is playing right now and its collective mindset as you get ready for that stretch run? You know what? We haven't played. We played really well in stretches, but 
we, we've been beat up the last uh, three weeks or so, and we haven't played as well. Uh, uh, we got to get whole. We got to get all our pieces back. And when we do, Jim, we're pretty good. I mean, uh, uh, our starting five, I think, could play with anybody. Uh, uh, we we haven't had as much depth as we've had in years past. But I like our team. But I like our team when we're healthy. And, and we just haven't been that lately. So I'm we, we've got a week off here, so we don't play again until Saturday against Texas. And I'm hopeful. During this time, we can kind of get our legs back underneath us and hopefully become a little bit more whole. You know, I was going to say, Bill Self joining us, I was going to say the one thing about the team, the team from the outside looking in, it seems like you've got good skill, you've got good talent, but you don't have some of that depth, as you point out, that you used to have. Then on top of that, correct me if I'm wrong, does it seem like the refs are allowing more physical play this season? Because if that's the case and you don't have a really deep team, that's not a great thing. Do you feel like you can get healthy and that it can be sustainable in time for the tournament? We have enough bodies to do what you want to do i think the tournament is different i i, I do i think longer timeouts uh uh to me the game is called a little bit differently in the tournament uh, uh our league and you've watched our league probably just enough to know that you know every game is a rock fight and and, and you know it's hard to referee games when teams don't shoot it well because the defense is so aggressive and so good you can't call foul you know every possession or every other possession so it's hard to referee those games I think our league is probably as physical the most physical league in the country so I I do think it's being called a little bit differently but I also think it's a hard league to referee uh uh, just because of the reasons I gave and everybody's good uh uh so I'm I'm hopeful you get healthy you get longer timeouts you get some things death becomes a situation the tournament with foul problems and with injuries and, and uh, because guys can rest enough in those four minute segments and you get five breaks in each half in the NCAA tournament that I think you could play starters, you know, 34, 35 minutes and, and not be hurt by it in the tournament. But I think during the regular season, I think doing that every game is, is, is probably a little bit too much of a grind. Kansas head basketball coach Bill Self, my guest. Bill, not only have I been watching the conference this year, I've spoken to a number of coaches in that conference this year. I talked to Porter Mosier recently. I talked to Kelvin Sampson recently. Both of them, Bill, told me that this is the deepest and most rugged conference that they have ever been a part of. I hold both those guys in really high regard, especially Kelvin, who's been in this thing for decades. If he's saying it, I know it's brutal up in there. Would you agree with them? Is this currently oh, – you've got six – Yeah, go ahead and finish 100%. that thought. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, you look at it right now. We, we, I think we got six or seven teams rated in the top 25. But what makes it strange is it's a different six or seven every week. I mean, it's not like it's the same teams. I mean, so we've had nine or ten teams that have been ranked in the top 25 this year, which is a ridiculously high number out of 14. So, yeah, we got, we've got – and the thing about our league, uh, uh, you know, the the, the leagues that, that give the, the appearance of being the best league or lot are the teams that are top-heavy, the leagues that are top-heavy, and the leagues that are also bottom-heavy because, you know, the, the, the one seeds, you know, can go 6-0 and against, you know, the, the bottom teams, and it, 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 it makes their record in league, you know, at 15-3 at, at, uh, looks so impressive to everybody in our league hey the the winner of our league and and you know maybe 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 uh uh houston can can run the table and go 15 and 3 or whatever but don't be surprised if 13 and 5 wins it and sometimes when you have that you have so many good teams across the board it gives the appearance of mediocrity and that's the last thing this league is i mean it's it's there's there's no bottom 
bottom part. Everything is it's top and it's middle, but there's no bottom, and that's what makes the league so good. All right, so right now you've got six teams that are currently ranked, but to your point, there's been like nine or ten that have been ranked at some point. I mean, can you envision seeing nine or even ten teams from the conference getting into the tournament? Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't studied it, but I think there's a very realistic chance we get nine. And, and we could get more. I don't know, depending on how things play out, but I think I think nine is very realistic. We were talking to Bill Self for a few more moments. Let me ask you about a couple of guys before you go. Hunter Dickinson has stepped up for you in the paint. He's averaging a double-double. He's got 18 points and a team-high 11 rebounds per game. What has that big dude meant to your team both on and off the floor since he came in from Michigan? Yeah, he's been great. I mean, he tries so hard. Uh, you know, he, he's got enough personality, as you know, that it kind of takes pressure off everybody else. And, and uh, he's been he's been a, 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 a terrific leader, a great teammate, and and the bottom line is he's gone through a, a couple of rough patches. Like he went through a, a period of time uh, uh, about 10 days ago to last week where he didn't, he, he, he didn't make the same sh- shots he's been making all year long. But the dude's a high percentage shooter. He, 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 he gets numbers. And, and certainly uh, we've had some success this year primarily because he and Kevin McCullough played at an All-American level. Hey, Bill, you know what's amazing? Incredibly, last week you were ejected for the first time in 21 years yeah. at KU. You said after the game that you said, quote, the magic word, unquote, a couple of times to the referee. Like, were you really that it, hot? It, it, were you it, looking? It was a four-letter word, but it, it wasn't what you think. It was joke. Uh, I, got, I got ejected for joke. So The J so, word. Uh, you dropped the J yeah. word joke on them. Yeah, they, did I, they I, ran I, you I, for I, that? I, I, yeah, I I, I – I, but you know, in all honesty, probably had it coming. But but because uh, uh, that was certainly a game of of frustration for all of us, and certainly for me. But but uh, yeah, that's the first time in 21 years. So uh, I've gotten more technicals this year than I've than I've gotten in by double in any other year. So I, I need to I need to cut that out. I need to quit saying those magic words. Or at least get your money's worth, man. Joke joke is it that gets you run now i was gonna say so if that's a magic trick is it were you looking to fire the team up were you really that hot or do you have a few magic tricks still up in your sleeve for the big dance uh, uh no that 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 wasn't looking to fire anybody up because at that point in time with five five or six minutes left uh uh the outcome had pretty well already been determined so that was more of a a situation I just uh, I was probably frustration from the first 35 minutes that got me run on that at that time seems to me that running a Hall of Fame coach for using the word joke is something of a joke but it really did happen so you got that on your resume now Bill great to have you back appreciate the conversation always good to talk to you it's been a long time so it's good to have you on the show thanks so much thanks Jim take care bud oh 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 O'Reilly Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Dave Roberts. Dave, my guy, spring is upon us. How you feeling, Dave? Oh, Romy, man, it's good to be back uh, on with you, catch up. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> so spring training is uh, off and running, and we got a little bit of a week's a head start uh, on everyone. Uh, we're going to be going to Seoul, uh, South Korea, to play the Padres for two exhibition games. So uh, excited about that. And, uh, and obviously the Dodgers had a huge uh, offseason season. 
And so it's been quite the, uh, the buzz here in Glendale, Arizona. You're way ahead of me, brother. I know it. I'm going to ask you about all those things. Let me backtrack for one thing, Dave. I love chopping it up with you, but especially in February, which has become a tradition of sorts. A year ago, you told us about your trip to London and enjoying martinis across the pond. It does not get any better than that, or does it? How was your off season, and what did you get into this time around? So, uh, you know, what's funny is I didn't jump the pond this past winter, uh, stayed, uh, stayed uh, in, in, uh, in our country, went to a, did a nice trip at uh, Blackberry Farm, a place with my wife and a good buddy of mine, a college roommate of mine from UCLA, and um, stayed local, played a lot of golf. Um, and, uh, you know, where I was around because it had to be because uh, there was a lot of courting and recruiting going on uh, this winter. So ultimately, it was a fantastic winter. And Obviously, for, for myself, for Dodger fans, it was a lot longer uh, than we're used to. So uh, let's make it a much shorter offseason this coming year. Dave Roberts joining us. I know exactly what you mean by that. I think that's kind of funny. There was some courting going on. Hey, Dave, remember when the media asked you about Shohei and you, you actually answered the question and everybody freaked out? And I'm like, what the hell was the guy supposed to do? What? Did, looking back on that, it's comedic now did it feel funny in the moment what did you make of that whole thing you know what i just sort of live in a world of common sense and for us to for anyone to think that we weren't meeting or all these other teams weren't meeting them makes complete is complete nonsense and um you know i think that it was manifested from a writer who said this that if something was leaked or talked about then it was going to kill the deal which actually in talking to Shohei, that was that couldn't be further from the truth and so uh, he landed where he was supposed to be, where he wanted to be. And uh, us as the Dodgers, we couldn't be uh, happier and more excited. And to watch him on the day-to-day, Romy, it's something really, really special. I think that's tremendous. You live in a world of common sense. It's harder and harder to find that world. But I agree with you, Dave. Dave Roberts joining us. So what is that like to see him day-to-day? I mean, there's taking a big swing or two. And then there's what the Dodgers did in the offseason, starting with the signing of Shohei. What's the early experience been like for you seeing him work and do and get his work in? So I I never obviously got to see Michael, um, got to see Kobe, or uh, Tiger up close and personal. But everything I've heard from these guys is, you know, everything they do is so intentional and with a purpose. And, you know, getting yourselves in uncomfortable spots and outworking everyone. And then you take that with the talent, and it just makes these guys, you know, the greatest of all time at their craft. And and I think that, uh, and obviously you can put Brady in that category too. So watching Shohei in this short sample you know, the eight paces every single time he starts his flip work or short toss in the batting cage, the the T being the exact same height, the T being one inch in front of home plate every day, the same amount of swings, the precision is unbelievable. And then you start to appreciate, you know, why and how this guy is so talented. And even in his first live BP yesterday, you know, homers to dead center field. So, uh, you know, the great ones are great. Dave Roberts joining us. The great ones are great. Even watching him from afar, Dave, just seeing the way the ball comes off his bat, it's just unbelievable, man. It's just different, right? It, it's different. And I think that, um, you know, he's so – obviously he's physical. But – and I say fast. He's faster than everyone because if you watch the way his body turns – uh, it reminds me really of how Barry Bonds used to turn on the baseball and how his body would turn. And the difference is a guy that can turn with so much power and torque and create torque, 
um, and can be so efficient with the move. And that's what separates, you know, guys that try with a lot of effort and that are not efficient and guys that can do it with efficiency with the speed and the power. And, uh, you know, his barrel accuracy is very good. And when he hits it, uh, like you said, Romy, it, it's just a different sound. Talking to Dodgers manager Dave Roberts. I love that. So, Dave, we know how ruthless the business of pro sports can be. That said, how gratifying was it for you personally to see the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw come to terms on a one-year deal, given all that he has meant to that franchise? I mean, how weird would it have been to see him wearing somebody else's uniform? It just wouldn't have been right. And, uh, you know, this day and age in sports, you don't see – uh, players go wire to wire uh, in their careers with one with one team, and so obviously Clayton um, is an iconic Dodger first ballot Hall of Famer uh, going to be, and um, so just to know that we've got him coming back, I think that it was a big exhale for for ownership, the fans, everyone in our clubhouse, and uh, he's taking care of business uh, in Texas right now. I think he's going to join us, uh, come to Camelback Ranch here. I think on March third and then be with us until we leave for Seoul, and then he's going to be around until he's ready to go. So uh, I personally uh, couldn't be more excited to have him, and, and that's the, that just seems right, doesn't it? It does seem right. It absolutely seems right. Just like it seems all wrong to think that he might have gone someplace else. Dave, what about, like, Otani, of course, is not the only Japanese star that you added. The team also signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. How's his initial adjustment been? I know it's early, but how has his initial adjustment to MLB been? And how would you describe his stuff? Because from this chair where I'm sitting, it looks disgusting. I mean, he looks filthy. Yeah, it's filthy. And I think that uh, as far as the stuff, I I think the comp – because a lot of people like the, you know, comparables. I think it's kind of Zach Granke in his prime as far as, you know, the command, uh, the different pitch mix, uh, the velocity. And obviously Zach has had a great career, uh, even with the velocity kind of tapering down. So I think that in his prime, that's kind of the stuff. We'll see how it plays out because obviously Zach was a very uh, intelligent pitcher. Uh, as far as the acclimation, the assimilation, it's been great. Um, I think having Shohei here, um, and having a lot of Japanese support has made it more comfortable for him. And Yoshi's done a great job of trying to embrace the language. You know, so every day he's trying to learn different phrases, and um, he's very uh, joyful. Um, I think he has a certain different personality, personality than Shohei. Uh, not a bad thing. He's just very joyful. And, you know, that live BP, I'm just amazed at guys that – can come from another country and have all eyes on him, his teammates included, watch, and that has to be pressure. And the way he responded was pretty exciting for all of us. I think that's great. I think that is a really interesting observation. Like, But he's joyful, right? He's joyful. And so he's got a different personality. You've got a lot of different personalities. You've got these marquee names. I can't even run through them all, Dave. But there's so much talent on that team. But having played the game and having managed the game as long as you have, you know talent does not guarantee anything. Not to dust off some super old cliche, but if they're leaving the clubhouse in 25 different cabs, that's not a good thing, and they're probably not playing in October. In other words, chemistry matters. What is the early overall vibe and dynamic like surrounding the team? I think the early dynamic vibe is uh, hunger, um, focus, and I think, you know, we've lost six straight playoff games. Um, not to kind of add that burden to the new guys that have come, but the Dodgers in general, we haven't done anything in a few years. We haven't won since 2020. Um, so certainly talent uh, doesn't win a World Series. So I think that for us, you know, you take the talent. Shohei didn't come 
Yoshinobu didn't come here to Oscar, you know, to, to not win a championship. So, uh, obviously, ownership went out and did their part. So, we got to go out there and win the last game. So, that's kind of the focus right now. And, obviously, you know, there was talk about, you know, it's everyone's World Series when they play us. And I think for us, Romy, the mindset is to flip it and go out there and hunt, you know. And other coaches have used that kind of analogy before. And, you know, we're going to be on the hunt this year and, you know, take down our opponents. Really interesting to flip that mindset like that. Dave Roberts joins me for another moment or two. You know, I think part of it is, you know, the postseason in and of itself, I'm not using this as an excuse for you or anybody else, but it can be a crapshoot. It can be a crapshoot regardless. Like, take Mookie Betts. There's no doubt. We're talking about a guy who's got a Hall of Fame resume, but he's gotten a combined two for 25 over the past couple of postseasons. Is that just a product of, look, it's the postseason, this can happen, or do you think maybe he wanted it so badly that as great as he is, did he press at all? You know, that's interesting. I, I think there's a combo. I, I think that more importantly, uh, baseball and hitting is hard. Uh, it, it was uh, certainly a small sample. Um, I, and I also do believe that when you're a superstar, the expectation on you personally uh, is elevated. So I think that um, he really cares. Um, so I think that certainly that can be a detriment, certainly in, in a sport like baseball that is so finite. Um, as far as, you know, soft skills, as far, you know, um, so I think there's a little bit of that. Um, so I, but also it, it's, it's all of us, you know, I think that we still got to pitch well and we still got to hit well, we still got to defend. And I think baseball, and like you said, not to make any excuse, but it is a crapshoot. And I think that, you know, the season is 162. It's a longer sample. Um, uh, but when you're playing in a short series, it's a team that's hot and you see that every single year, uh, that's what kind of, uh, makes us keep coming back for more, but, uh, you know, we're going to do our best uh, this year to be that last team and get hot at the right time. I mean, isn't that one of the biggest questions, Dave, of all sports? Like, you want to peak at the right time, but you can't force that, right? You can't just decide, all right, now is the time to peak. But then again, it looked like the Chiefs did when they won the Super Bowl. Like, it looked like they flipped the switch in the postseason because the postseason Chiefs were a very different team than the regular season Chiefs. I mean, do you buy that? Can you flip the switch? I, I don't. I, I do believe that uh, Andy Reid and his staff and, you know, you got Patrick uh, running things that, you know, the last couple of years, you know, they start off slow and then they just sort of start ramping it up. And, you know, you keep a team like that in a game and they're going to find ways to make plays. So um, I, I wish I could say you could flip the switch because if that was the case, then we would have flipped the switch the last couple of years. So, yeah, right. Um, you know, we're going to keep trying uh, and uh, keep preparing. But, uh, yeah, that flip, flipping of the switch, I just have a hard time believing that. I, I don't buy it. I, I don't think you can. I think the Chiefs somehow did, but I, I don't think generally you can. I think either they did, Dave, or they have Patrick Mahomes. There's that, right? That's he, right. He's the manager of the Dodgers entering his ninth year, and it's going to be a really fascinating year for L.A. They've had an enormous offseason, but the regular season and then obviously the postseason are what matter most. Dave, appreciate you. Appreciate the friendship. Appreciate our February tradition. Great to get caught up, my guy. I'll talk to you really soon. You're my guy, Romy. Take care. Have a great summer, and we'll see you soon. You got it. Appreciate you. Skip, Dave Roberts joining us. Best guy ever. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. 
Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. I talked yesterday about what I considered a gift to team content from one of the all-time great team content head coaches. One of the all-time great head coaches, period. But especially when it comes to great sound bites and a little bit of controversy, or a lot. Of course, I'm talking about Rick Pitino. Polarizing figure. Great coach. Controversial. And I'm still talking about his rant for the ages. You know, the one where he absolutely destroyed his own team publicly in broad daylight in front of hot mics with cameras rolling, name dropping all the while. I mean, frankly, to me, it was a jaw dropping performance, even from a legend like that, because this dude, and can I digress for one minute? Let me reset this before you say, yeah, Rome, we know you're enamored with Rick Pitino. I do like Rick. I've always liked Rick. Haven't always liked what he said and done, but I've always liked the guy, and I've always respected the coach, both in the pros and in the college ranks. Now, back to the rant. He didn't just call his team out. He annihilated his own team. He decimated his own team. Like I said yesterday, he didn't just run them under the bus. He climbed onto the bus ran the bus driver out the window, climbed into and settled into the driver's seat, popped it in reverse, and backed over everybody. Repeatedly. If you don't believe me, or if you missed it, or even if you heard it, personally, Alvin, I need to hear it again. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Oh, no, it's not the program. It's not the school. It's my guys. They suck. It's my players. I mean, that line, never mind the rant. The line alone is an all-timer. Quote, this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Incredible. Because talking about that, that in and of itself, that, that right there is a first ballot Hall of Fame quote. Hell, never mind first ballot Hall of Fame quote. Give that guy his own wing in the Hall of Fame of quotations for that. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. That is a wild statement. A wild statement. Considering the fact that this dude got run out of Louisville amidst two massive scandals, one of which involved escorts, and teenage recruits. It got so bad, 
He didn't just lose his gig. He had to vacate a natty. Yet this is more unenjoyable than vacating a natty over escorts and teenage recruits. He's still the only Division I men's basketball coach, head coach, to ever have a natty ripped. And yet, despite all of that, this season, this experience, coaching this St. John's team is the most unenjoyable experience that he's ever had in coaching. Man, that's an incredible statement. You all know I've always liked this dude, and I still do, because he's a legendary coach. I've always enjoyed talking to Rick. He was in the horse racing game. I think probably still is. The same time we were, so we connected that way. He's always been incredible for team content. But right now, it seems pretty toxic for Team St. John's. But aces for team content. I've always liked the dude. And I think I like him even more after he made those statements and then chased them with the following. Yes, there is an update. There is more. He's not hoping it'll go away. He was there again yesterday, front and center, addressing it. Because here's the thing. If you're going to go viral nationally and absolutely blow up over some really over-the-top comments, which he did, there's really only one thing to do after that. And if you think I'm talking about him apologizing, owning it, walking it back, and saying that it was just a heat-of-the-moment thing and he'll never let it happen ever again, and that it was unfair to his players and his coaches who are giving him everything they have. If that's what you're expecting, then you don't know my dude Rick Pitino. If you were expecting that or any of that, you were way off. You were so, so wrong. Apologize? Back down? Please. Please. Hell no. We're not backing down. We're doubling down. And we're doubling down so hard that we're trying to one-up the original comments. In other words, Rick Pitino would like to apologize for absolutely nothing. Take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. The St. John's head coach does what the bleep he wants. All right, so I played the initial comments, right, that I like so much. Here's what he had to say yesterday when asked about it. He told Newsday, quote, he truly wasn't ripping anybody. Quote, truly wasn't ripping anybody. Technically, he's right. Technically, he wasn't ripping anybody. He was ripping everybody. But I guess to his point, ripping really isn't the right word, you know, I guess it depends on what your definition of ripping is. He clearly defines it differently. He didn't rip anybody. But he did eviscerate everybody. He didn't rip one person. He vaporized everybody. About five guys of slow laterally. Okay, that that even would have been bad enough. I've got five guys that are slow laterally. But remember, he name-checked dudes and then turned around and actually said, I wasn't ripping anybody. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. Sean might have a different opinion, Coach. Amazing. I guess those dudes who can't move laterally 
should just be happy that he's not ripping anybody because clearly they don't want to be around when he starts to tear buttholes open. When he starts ripping you a new one, then you'll know. But prior to that, he didn't rip anybody. But when he rips you a new one, then you'll know. You imagine if that's Rick Pitino not ripping anybody? Imagine Rick Pitino when he actually starts chewing asses. But that wasn't all he said in that double down. He also made this incredible declaration, which I love. Given a chance to, quote, clarify anything he said or walk anything back, he said very succinctly and pointedly, quote, I'm fine with what I said, end of quote. That's how you do it right there, champ. That's how you do it right there. That's how you clap back at the haters. That's how you cut through all the crap and all the noise out there. You just say, well, I'm fine with all of it. I'm fine with all of it. And, and you don't go mumbo, jumbo, word salad, just straight up. I'm fine with all of it. I'm fine with what I said. Want me to say it again? Do you need me to repeat it? I'm fine with all of it. Just say you're fine with it. Just say, y'all are wrong, I'm right, it's not me, it's all of you. Like, like, hey, Rick, you had a night to sleep on it, man. We know you run pretty hot. We know you hate losing. We know you had high expectations. We know you didn't mean that. We know you love your guys. We know you care about your guys. We know at this point in your life you have perspective and winning and losing is not the end-all, end-all. So... We're going to give you an opportunity. Would you like to walk that back? Nah, I'm good. I'm fine with what I said. Do you need me to clarify what I said? I'm fine with what I said. Now I'm good. But you, you on the other hand, you over there asking me the question. You can walk to the end of the earth and jump. Because I didn't do anything wrong. If you have a problem with what I said, you actually have more of a problem with yourself, not me. Probably because you're a media hack who doesn't think fast enough, write fast enough, or creatively enough, and your laptop is bleepy. Nah, dude, I'm good. I'm more than good. I'm good with everything I said. I mean, seriously, that that double down is almost as hilarious as the initial comments. And look, I hate going in on this guy because I do like this guy. But he's begging for it. He just trashed his team by name, called out the facilities, called out it as the most miserable time of his whole life, and then came back the next day and acted like, the hell are you all still doing here? The hell are you all still doing here? The hell do you keep asking me what I said? I said nothing. I did nothing. I didn't rip anybody. Stop putting words in my mouth. Stop lifting crap out of context. Stop trying to hook me. How did any of you get those media jobs anyway? My man acted like he was actually just talking about the most rewarding year of his career and that he loves every one of those players more than his own children. (laughs) You know, it seems to me, you know what this is all about, really? The simple explanation for all of this is my dude still hates losing that much. He just can't handle losing at all. He's not used to it. He hates it. It's not what he was expecting this year. And clearly, he's just miserable because of it. I mean, listen to him. 
No, I, I don't feel good when we lose. I f***ing hate the world. So just so you understand that. No, I don't feel good. I've never felt good with a loss. Pardon my language. So I don't feel good. I don't believe in those um, valiant efforts on the road. No, I feel like I want to kill myself, jump in the, in the cold, and, and die of frostbite. He didn't laugh when he said that. He said, when we lose, I want to kill myself. And you can hear some of the media like, <laughs> good one, Rick. <laughs> he, he didn't laugh. Not only did he not laugh, he described exactly how he would do it. Not, you know what, I'm going to go into the medicine cabinet, get a handful of pills, and lie down. No, man, I'm going to find the coldest body of water I can and die of frostbite. I hate it. I'm miserable. Anyway, clearly he's not having the time of his life at St. John's. And that's probably not great for St. John's. And I would imagine all those players and coaches that he just ripped. I can't imagine that they're going to be in any hurry to come back to practice. But it's amazing for team content. Just not really good for personal accountability for a head coach. It's not good for that. But it is amazing entertainment. Once again, having said all that, and I know there's a lot in that, I'm going to have his back. I don't support him owning none of it. I want to be so clear about that. Like, Rick, how is it on everybody except you? Those assistant coaches that you're unhappy about because of the recruits they brought in, you picked them, you accepted them, and you accepted the players. And the facilities, you know what you signed up. You know what you signed up for. How is none of it your fault? But then again, so, so I'm clear on that. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, I'm going to have his back. My priority is not the future of the St. John's basketball team. My priority is the future of team content. And that legendary rant and double down is team content gold. So if any of you clones have any issue with that or anything else I've said in this rant or anything else I've ever said, I've got six really important words for you. Let me repeat that. If you have any issue with anything I have ever said, I have six really important words for you. Quote, write this down. I'm fine with what I said. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. We go to Pomona. Anthony is in. Anthony, what's up? Hey, Romy. Um, I do have a take on the Dodgers and Dave Roberts. Look, I'm a Dave Roberts hater over here. He's a great manager, and, you know, he can only do what he can. Those guys still go out there, and another one's swinging the bat. But if he don't win this year, he's going to get canned. And I'll tell you another thing. If the Dodgers don't win four out of the next ten years, because they got that guy for ten years, if they don't win four, it's a bust. You can't find a generational talent like that and not expect to win every year, especially when your team's already stacked as it is. Freeman, Bess, you know, it's just name after name. It's just like when the, when the Warriors signed that sissy from uh, Oklahoma City, hey, they won two in four years, and if they wouldn't have won those two, it would have been a complete bust. You know, unworn fat chicks with dirty necks and unworn bald men wearing toupees. Stop lying to people. Good night now!